0: Hello, and welcome to my Supernatural Vida, a bilingual English and Spanish podcast where I share the Word of God and my experience with the supernatural. I started this podcast because I know that there are others out there who, like me, for some time thought that they might be crazy or maybe even still do. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not crazy, you are supernatural. Let's be super together. Hello. welcome to today's episode. Today, I will be sharing on the topic of rejection. I'll be sharing with you three things that rejection has taught me. Now, these are not the only things that rejection has taught me, but these are the three things that I feel are the most important to also help you to overcome rejection. Now I think if you're listening to me right now, you might've experienced rejection at one point in your life. Um, if you haven't, praise the Lord, but most people have at one point or another in their life experienced rejection. Now, I believe that rejection doesn't become a problem in our lives until it begins to bear fruit, um, unpleasant fruit in our lives. So what is uh, the fruit of rejection? What are those things that rejection has the potential of of, uh, burying, of of birthing within our lives that can become problematic and the future or down the line. Some of those things are, um, that we develop a rebellious attitude. So to have a rebel, that's number one, right? Uh, a rebellious attitude. Well, I'm not, I'm, I'm saying number one, just for the sake of pointing out, um, you know, that I'm, I'm listing things, but they're not in any particular order of any type of importance or, or not importance or whatever. Right. Um, it's just to list that, um, I'm, I'm going down the line on this topic. So rebellion, uh, children and adults with rejection mindsets both do this. They act rebellious when they are being corrected or when they are being led, even if it's being led in love. Um, and that is because they feel that something their own control is being taken away. And so when they are corrected, they believe it's because something is wrong with them and they take this very personal. So, um, that is a uh, part of having a rebellious attitude. Another thing is that, um, people with, uh, uh who are bearing the fruit of rejection sometimes tend to make up personality. So these are personalities that they make up in order to uh, be able to shift into spaces or places with people who they perceive would reject them if they knew who they really truly were. Um, and, and they, um, become kind of like chameleons in situations, um, in order to fit in with everybody, never really truly being, who they authentically are. Um, and and healing from this part of, of like having this, uh, chameleon type personality. Um, it really comes, uh, from asking God about how he sees us and who he says that we are. Um, once we, we know, how God sees us and who he says that we are, we're able to show up in spaces and places with people exactly as God has created us to be, because when God created us the way he created us, it's because he knew that this was the personality that was going to be needed for us to walk into those rooms and into those places where we would be accepted and received as part of the kingdom. Um, So he did not uh, create us with the purpose of us being rejected. I think rejection just happens um, inevitably in some situations, because let's face it, everybody is not for everybody. We we are supposed to love each other and love everybody, but that does not mean that we will immediately be accepted everywhere that we go and every opportunity that we we take, etc. Right? Um, but he did create us uh, for a certain people, for a certain type of community, for a certain sphere with certain personalities, with certain things that we carry. And, and we should not dim that just because we've experienced rejection. So talk to the Lord about it, ask him how he sees you and what he thinks about you and who he says that you are so that you're able to show up in this places, wherever you go, as who you truly authentically are. Um, another thing is that people with, um, rejection personalities tend to manifest the fruit of rejection as well, uh, where they begin to reject others. And they think that, um, they're beating others to the punch. Let's say, uh, let's just call it that way by rejecting them first, uh, because they are so afraid to experience rejection from them. So they're like, you know what? I'm going to do it first. This is getting a little too clingy or this is getting a little too personal. This is starting to feel a little too good. This is way too good to be true. So let me just cut this thing off right now before they reject me because they don't want to have to be on the receiving end of rejection. This is just something that they have learned to expect from others. So they rather just do the, you know, cutting of the cord. (laughs) Let's just say uh, of that connection. Um, for themselves before they experience the rejection. And I just want to say, just because I've noticed I keep saying the word they, I don't want you guys to feel like this is somewhere out there um and it's it cannot be us right or that it hasn't been me it, it certainly has been me i've experienced these things for myself and and i think when i began to go down the list of what these things were is when i realized okay i have a problem um first i noticed i'd been rejected repeatedly but second of all is that when i went down the list i could check off a lot of these things Another thing that tends to happen is that, um, people with rejection personalities or people who have experienced rejection begin to bear the fruit of a clingy personality. So, um, these are people who need others, um, so much, like they get close to a person and they become so needy. Uh, they want that person to always be there for them and affirm them in their personality and remind them that they're love and that they're accepted. And the opposite is also true where they'll totally ice others, um, so that they don't get too close out of the fear of finding out that the other person doesn't actually feel the same. So they, they will ice you and then totally dodge you. Um, If they have the perception that you might reject them, even though inside, you know, we're, we're like, super excited and dying to meet you and get to have a relationship with you. But we've perceived uh, either you remind us of somebody who's rejected us before, or you just remind us of somebody who, who has great authority, power, and leadership. And we would just rather not go there because we're not so secure of ourselves. And this is something that I myself experienced. Um, I asked people, I stopped talking to people. I rather just not even get close to that person or even get started there because I have perceived them to be People of authority. And um, I, I had my personal problem is that I had a problem with um, authority, not in that I challenged it, but in that I hid from it um, because I'd experienced rejection from people in authority. Um, so that was my issue uh, personally. Um, they also, people with rejection personalities tend to uh, develop a yes man uh personality where everything is yes everything is yes they just cannot say no they have a terribly hard time saying no to others because they want to be pleasing and they want to be accepted this also happens when they fear that saying no will push people away um so sometimes we really don't want to do things we really don't want to go to that event we really don't want to go to that meeting we really don't want to have dinner lunch whatever with with X, Y, C person but we feel that the moment we tell them no or we draw a line or we say you know what I rather not I can't be there da 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 whatever the case may be we fear that that's going to be the end all be all of our relationship and we'll never have the opportunity to see them again or that they'll begin to draw away from us because we said no one time right um and you know and it, it could just be because somebody did it to you before or because this is just a belief that you created in your mind because um you know everybody who you ever said no to did not respond well, etc. whatever the case may be. Um, and then we also have the tendency, the tendency, excuse me, to blame God. Why did he make me so short? Why did he give me such terrible skin? Why did God give me these parents? why did God bring me into the city, into this, this social status, into this family, etc. I, I used to ask if, as you can tell, if you're watching me, you can see I have gray hair. So for many years I asked the Lord, why did you give me gray hair? Why was I the one to inherit the gray hair gene? And it was like a form of self-rejection. Um, but I was blaming God for it instead of just, just receiving and accepting that, that this is how he made me. And this is, you know, how I am and who I am. And all of this is a part of my DNA. And all of this is something that I carry with me into those places and spaces where I am meant to walk in with the full authority and power and favor and solutions of the kingdom. And this is how I would be received. I didn't see it this way back then. I would just blame him for it and say, how, how, why did you do that? Like, were you, did you not like me? You know, why didn't you even bring me like, these sort of things begin to really, um, become a part of your thought pattern. The more you, you get rejected and because you start to, you look inward and you start to blame yourself. And, um, and sometimes that's not enough. We want to blame the creator as well. Right? So also people with rejection personalities, um, their environment tends to breed, um, loveless atmospheres, you know, where love does not flow freely. And that is because the person wants to fit in so badly that they kind of force the attention or the interactions or the conversations, uh, just because they want to fit in. Like, I-, I don't know how to explain it. They always kind of turn it into about them. Um, you give them the mic to speak up and, and to ask a question and they tell you their whole life story. Um, you know, you, you invite them, you know, to the top to share a testimony and they share their entire life. They take a whole hour and it's hard to cut them off because now they feel terrible because you cut them off. Um, but the problem is that others can usually tell when it's fake and when you're doing it to get attention. Um, you know, and, and this pulls people away and love doesn't flow naturally and freely when you're kind of forcing it and, and hogging it and like kind of demanding it by, you know, pulling these attention seeking tactics. Um, you know, sometimes we call those fishing, uh, we see those fishing posts sometimes too on, on Facebook where people, they just want to fish for some sort of compliment or, you know, some sort of uh affirmation with a post that they make. And I'm not saying that every post is is that way or if you you know you're just sharing a a victory, etc. that you're attention seeking. No, no, no. There there is people that post all day, every day, like things of that are rather personal. And it's like, what are you seeking from that, right? Like are some sort of affirmation, some sort of um compliment or or pity party, like what is going on? And you can usually tell by the pattern of these posts and the things that are being said and their responses that that's really what there is that it is. And guys, I can take a look back at my Facebook memories of years ago and identify myself as being that person. Like I shared everything I did, everything I experienced, because I just wanted someone to share it with because, um, the people that were close to me, I was too afraid to tell them. Right. So it's like, let me just tell everybody on Facebook, you know, they don't know me. And and it's a safe place that if I risk losing a friend or two, I don't know them that much. You know, I don't know them that well. And so anyway, it was really, it is really ugly. Like I look at those posts and I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this was me. But hey, we've prevailed. We've come through. Praise the Lord. (laughs) And then there's also feelings of a worthlessness, hopelessness, and insecurity, kind of what I sort of just shared. Um, you know, you feel like you're not worthy. You feel like you're not going to take that chance or that shot or that opportunity um, that just opened up because you're not good enough. You're not worth that. You're not worth that pay grade. You're not worth that title. You're not worth that time and attention. Um there's just this worthlessness to it. Um, and this kept me a lot from applying for positions or going to interviews or taking job offers. Um, even though they were there because I felt like I'm going to fail you. That's horrible, but that's, that's how I was. Um, and then there, there's also the hopelessness and the insecurity. Like, it's always going to be less like this for me. It's never going to change. Like when is God ever gonna help me? When is God ever gonna come through for me? Like I expected him to do everything, right? And of course the insecurity, right? Where we're, we're we don't feel safe within ourselves or about ourselves or or secure of ourselves. And so, you know, we kind of seek that attention for somebody else to affirm us to tell us that that we're pretty, that we have a nice body, that we have nice hair, that our skin is glowing, that we're smart, that da, da, da. like everything we seek it from other people. I used to ask my husband, like a hundred times a day, if he loved me, and you know, praise the Lord that he has incredible patience because, um, you know that would get very annoying, really fast, and I don't know how he how he lived with me, but here we are. Um, I think he gets a uh, an honor, an award in heaven for <laughs> putting up with a rejection personality wife, and I don't know. I'm just I'm just kidding. Um, and then also just to top it off, um these, uh, people with rejection personalities tend to be envious, hateful, or jealous. Um, and these personalities can be rooted, of course, in rejection because they see how others are doing and what they, uh, let me go back. They see what others are doing and that these people are doing what they wish that they could be doing or that they should have what they have. But, um, for some reason or another, God has chosen not to give it to us, right? But yes to them and not to us, et cetera. So we become envious, hateful, or jealous. And I can tell you this, that um many years ago, you know, as I take, take a look and in inventory back at my life and you know how everything went and how all things, you know, worked out, I can look back and say, my goodness, like I was so plagued by this issue and I didn't even know it. I was pushing people away, but I mean, I had become envious and jealous of people that started off as being really good friends that people had started off as being, you know, kind to me and there for me and would do anything for me. As soon as they began to, to climb the ladder of success per se, or as soon as, you know, they began to achieve success in, in whatever area it was of their lives, or they began to travel more, or they began to have you know, more whatever, I was that person that I was envious and I was jealous and I was hateful because I wish that I had that. You know, I wish that I had those parents. I wish that I had those opportunities, or I wish that I could go on that trip, or I had the funds for those trips. And so people begin to feel that this is your attitude and this is how you feel about them because, you know, you draw away or or you stop supporting them, etc. And so this creates Great tension in a relationship, and um, it's hard to keep a relationship going where you want the life that the other person has, um, not in a good way. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes you can live vicariously through your best friends and be like, "You go, girl! Like what you're doing, that's amazing." That you know, I'm living through you right now, and I know that my time is going to come. Or, you know, that's you're doing you, and I'm doing me, and I'm super excited for what you're doing, and you know, you're excited for what I'm doing. We're on two separate paths, but we are still achieving great things, and I'm I'm happy for you. Uh, but then there's that personality where, or that um, attitude where you wish literally that you had every opportunity they had, and so that's what rejection led me to. Um, in some friendships I had in the past and, and it hurt. Right. And I think this is the reason why, why this needs to be dealt with and why this needs to be, um, addressed and why we need the breakthrough that is coming, right? Cause there is breakthrough. If you stick around long enough, if you pursue God long enough, if you ask all the right questions, you start to break the mindset of rejection and you start even break through um, some religious stuff um, there is breakthrough because this what rejection does for us is it keeps us stagnant it keeps us uh, hopeless it keeps us insecure and it hinders our relationship with the father because we are unable to accept what he has created us for how he has created us And once we begin to tear down, uh, rejection, we're able to see through to who he says that we are and walk in that and accept it and receive it. Um, I think sometimes it just depends on, on how desperate you are. Like, you know, fast forward to, so these are, are what I just mentioned. These are the signs of fruits, the manifestations of, of this personality. This is when this personality has become a problem. If you can relate to most of the things that I said, um, then you most likely are dealing with this. And I say that, Um, as a person who has been through it, right? And so, uh, because someone could name those for me and because this information existed, I was able to break through and to begin chipping away at it. So I share this with you out of the bottom of my heart because I want you to experience the type of freedom that I have experienced in this area and I want you to walk free. And so for me, it began when I started going to church, um, and over the course of a couple years my gifts and my anointings began to uh, show because I began to grow in these things um, I had you know gotten a mentor I had taken some teachings and um, I was doing Bible study um, outside of the church after the pandemic. Um, hit. So I was, I was growing, I was growing spiritually and my gifts were also growing and flourishing. And so I began to experience rejection from, um, the leadership in that church, um, when those gifts began to show. Um, and I come to find out as I look at things in hindsight is that, um, my gifts and my anointings were a threat, uh, to the agenda, the man-made agenda that was, um, uh, Operating in that church. Let me tell you, if you carry the gift, you carry the gift of of seeing, you carry the gift of discernment of spirits, um, you are a threat to those who mean harm. And so, in hindsight, be grateful uh, that you were rejected by certain people. And there is something to learn and to take away from that. Now, going into what are those three things that rejection has taught me? So, what one thing that has taught me is that it's all a part of God's divine intervention. So meanwhile, you know, that people are rejecting you. People are not accepting you. People are not approving of you. God is also protecting you because these are not the people, um, that you want to be accepted into. These are not the groups that you want to roll with at the end of the day. Um, because they they have another plan that's not God's plan for your life. So if you get involved there, you're going to miss the train somewhere else. And so I think it's all part of God's divine intervention. Sometimes uh rejection is a part of a bigger plan for our lives. And that is God leading us into that. So see the story of Joseph, where he is sold to slavery by his brothers, essentially going ahead into Egypt to secure the future for Israel before the famine hit. The scriptures say, until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord refined him. That is in Psalms 105, 19 and the NASB. From the pit to the Potiphar's house, to the prison, to the palace, it was all a process of refinement for Joseph. So you are carrying a promise that is amazingly big. That is viability depends on your refinement. So while God doesn't plan the rejection, God doesn't plan these things. He uses them for your good, right? Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Also in, um, in Genesis, where, um, where Joseph meets his brothers again in the end. Um, he tells them what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. So we see that, you know, sometimes rejection is the enemy's plan for evil in your life to destroy your life, right? To steal from your, from your destiny and, or your future. Uh, but you know what? God uses those things for the good of those who love them for the greater good, for the greater cost. So those things, um, don't count them out. Okay sometimes I guess it's a double sided thing, you know, sometimes you know who you are. So that helps you to endure the seasons of, and the hardships, because you know, who you are, and you have that promise, you know, to hold on to. But then there's the other side where you don't know who you are. You don't know what you're carrying. You don't know what God has put on the inside of you. And and it gets really hard to keep ha- like holding on and then you you'll be like me where you're reflecting in hindsight of everything that happened and the reason for why it happened and you're you get to see the process of God's not just the refinement of it all but also God's intervention and in his great plan for your life why he kept you um from certain things or from certain people right um you know why he hid me you know, why that those people could not see me, um, uh, for who I was. Right. Um, or why, why at some places, um, you know, I couldn't get the job or I interviewed and I didn't get the job. And for me, that thing, you know, just an, an actual example, I was interviewing everywhere one summer right after I graduated. Um, and every interview felt like, like a, you know, and knock out the park. I felt like I did amazing. Like I'm for sure going to get this. Like, I I mean, I didn't have a lack of confidence, you know, um, I'm going to get it like for sure. So when the rejections would come, it was very surprising to me. And I didn't, I didn't give up for a while. You know, I just kept trying I kept trying. And eventually it was, um, when the kiddos started school again, that I I said, you know what? I think God is onto something. So I'm gonna back up a little bit and just like see what happens. Really, what was what, what evolved was that my son needed a lot of um after school tutoring and I needed to be there for him to take him to those things. If I had gotten a job, I wouldn't be able to take him to the specialized after school tutoring that he needed. And he wouldn't be where he's at this year, right? He would have been even further behind. This was right after the COVID year. And so God knew what was up ahead. And so it's not that God is telling these people not to hire you. It's not that God is telling these people to look to not judge you as up to par, or it's not that, you know, God is judging you or God doesn't want you to, you know, get that thing, but you know what? It's better that you don't. Right. Because something else is coming up ahead that's going to require your full devotion and full attention. So now if you had those both two things on your plate, you would really be stressing out and really be freaking out. And so I think this is the way that sometimes God just facilitates things for us. And it's like, uh, I'm not causing any of that to happen for you, but if you could just be grateful for a little while that it happened that way, because now you don't have to worry about having a full-time job and how are you going to get your child? And now you're compromising your, you know, your home life balance and your child's education, etc. Right. So, um, that's how I see it. It all works out in the end, right? It all is part of of a bigger plan. And so, you know, another thing that happened is that, you know, I was, I was rejected, not accepted because they could not accept me, um, with like completely. Right. It was like, we want you and only you, we don't want you and all the, things that you've learned from your mentors. We don't want you and your mentors. We don't want pretty much very cultish kind of like, you know, we like you, you're all right. Um, but we want you not to think the way that you think. So that's still rejection. You know what I mean? Uh, (laughs) we want you not to have the mentors that you have and to really just only learn from us. And so, you know, if there's ever a hint for you there that you're a part of the cult is when they refuse to allow you to learn from outside sources and you can only learn from their network. Okay. That's, that's a sign. It's, it's a little cultish. Okay. just a sign for you guys. So praise the Lord. I was rejected there because that pulled me out of there. You know, that was something I, I had not fully seen. And, and once God made me aware of it and I was able to see it, praise the Lord. He got me out of that. Right. Praise the Lord that, that they rejected me, that they didn't want me, you know, the way that I was. Right. Right. Um, you know, and now I'm part of a greater, uh, another class I am in a, I'm being mentored by some amazing mentors and teachers. And so if I had stayed there, if I had said, you know what, I think at that point I had already kind of started, um, deciphering that I'm dealing with a rejection problem and I need to like, deal with it head on and face it. And instead of starting to conform to other people and what they want from me and what they expect from me, I'm going to stand up for myself. And so that's another thing I made a post about this yesterday on my Instagram, that once you begin to stand up for yourself, you will be rejected. You will be rejected by those people who want to control and manipulate you because once you start to stand up for yourself, they can no longer control you and manipulate you the way that they want to. So if you're being rejected because you stood up for yourself, because you stood your ground and you refuse to be put in somebody else's mold, congratulations. That's amazing. You're making great progress. So, the second thing that rejection taught me was that walking in my identity disables rejection. Literally, rejection packs its bags and goes once you begin to walk in identity. Its job there is done. It cannot fight with you. It cannot bicker with you. It cannot bother you anymore because you know who you are and it cannot just continue to speak those little lies that it always does because you're not listening anymore. Now you know who you are. Now I can not convince you that you're worthless, that you're hopeless and you have no plans and no future because you know you have identity. You know you have a plan. You know you have a purpose. You heard from the Lord. God has given you a clear word of who you are and you've begin to pin down parts of your identity that rejection no longer runs the show. So it literally packs its bags and it goes like me. I saw it like like a man grabbing his briefcases and walking out the door. That's how I saw it when I felt like I finally broke through. And so as I drew closer in relationship with God, I learned how he sees me and what he says about me, how he created me. And I grabbed a hold of my identity, which helped me to stop seeking to fit in with people who will never accept me. You can be the juiciest, ripest peach and still there will be somebody who doesn't like peaches. And it's not your fault. It has nothing to do with you. Here's an example. Prophets. You can't be best friends with Jezebels. She will silence your voice. Okay. If you are a prophet, Jezebel and you cannot be best friends. Those two is oil and water. They just don't go together. It's, it's, it's sad, but. Those two don't blend. Another thing is sons and daughters, they cannot partner with orphan kings. Why? Because orphan kings will keep you from building. Orphan kings will not allow you to build the kingdom. Yeah, you can, you can, um, minister to them. You can speak to them. You can help them and coach them and, and mentor them out of that place. But you can't just, you know, chill like on a regular Sunday afternoon, like kick back, like, you know, like we ain't totally different. And the moment that you start to build, they will try to take your legs out. I'm telling you because I've experienced it. So yeah, anyway, so people influ- uh, people that are influenced, uh, by such mindsets and such spirits, like, like a decibel or an orphan king. Um, you know, they will never say yes to you because you scare the crap out of them. Knowing this, don't be sad that they've rejected you. Give the Lord a praise that you were spared. Um, It wasn't you. It was them. The last thing uh, that I want to share with you today of what I've learned from rejection is that the lies that feed rejection are weak. So within rejection, there is self-rejection where we begin to believe the lie that nobody wants us. And as a result, we begin to breed rejection by the things that we think about ourselves. Um, you know, things like I'm not good enough, nobody loves me, I'm not smart enough, I'm not included, etc. Listen to me. These are lies that have gone unchallenged. Okay. Unchallenged lies and so these lies need to be challenged um and and they need to be put up against the truth real evidence that you are loved that you are good enough that you are smart enough that you are included um these lies can also be destroyed with the truth of what god says so bring them bring those strongholds bring those thoughts and capture them and bring them into the obedience of christ so god says I like one example, like, right. God says that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, right? So I am good enough right? And he says that I have a hope in a future. So I am hopeful. I'm not worthless. So I am loved as I am right now. I don't have to change who I am. I don't have to change anything about me for God to love me. So I can show up exactly as I am, wherever I go. I don't have to fake anything about myself because I am loved the way that I am. And I am also the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am in good standing with God. God has nothing against me. He's not like pulling all the stops against me so I don't get received. No, I am in right standing because I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, my gift makes room for me. My gift makes room for me. As you do this, not only will you find out how weak these lies were, but how powerful the truth is. Stand on the truth, put it up against those lies and see who wavers. The lies cannot exist in the presence of truth. And so all of this to say to you guys that rejection has to be overcome and it can be overcome and it is weak. It is a weak lie that as soon as it is confronted with the truth, it will stumble. It will fall because the truth prevails. Amen. So I hope that today's episode has helped you. There will be more. I will do another episode on keys to overcoming practically rejection. Um, I think, having the knowledge and the understanding helps you to get started. But if you need a little bit more help, um, I'm going to have another episode just to cover that. But I think this is good for now. I hope it has helped you. If this helped you today, I would love it if you would share this with somebody you love, rate the podcast, follow us. And man, thank you so much for spending this time with me. It was a pleasure and a joy to be with you today. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I appreciate your time and I appreciate that you're here. If this message blessed you, please share it with somebody you love. And don't forget to click the subscribe button. I pray that the Lord bless you and He keep you. And I pray that His favor be on you. And I pray that His grace and mercy follow you all the days of your life. Amen. Until next time, goodbye.